0: This
1: is Germ Warfare, the battle of ideas. My name is Germ. This is Middle Earth Warfare. I am going to be joined in a moment by Hobbits. Joining me from the Shire. Thank you for joining me in the trenches, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Bailey. <laughs> it's nighttime where you are.
2: Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we're doing great things. A um, little bit tired tonight because it's late here in New Zealand, and our youngest, as you know, is only about fourteen months old, and he's yeah. just sort of hit that phase where he needs a lot of attention around the clock. So everyone in the household's playing hot potato, like even the older kids. Uh, we
0: they, they'll be like, "We've had enough. Yeah. We're done. We're done now, <laughs> Mum." <laughs>
1: I normally have whiskey when I'm doing my show, but because it's the other way around, um, I'm now drinking coffee and I'm drinking coffee with cream. How do you drink your coffee?
2: Well, that's interesting, Jim, because Sam. I think in Sam's lifetime, she's had one cup of coffee and it was when she was working. Uh, well, you can tell the story.
0: <laughs> I, had a, I, I was working for this very infamous cardiologist who was like a tyrant. And we'd finished this really long, horrible ward round. And then he, he said, okay, let's have a drink. And he made me this black, strongest coffee imaginable. And I, was, and I just drank it because I was this good little medical you know, doctor, junior doctor. And I had it and I'm like, mm, lovely. <laughs> Never
1: again. Or well, Are you saying that black coffee matters?
2: <laughs> well, it it does to me, Jim. So I've got a, a really nice espresso machine at home, and um, Sam doesn't know how to use it. I think she pretends that she doesn't know how to use it. What? Um, <laughs> what
0: are you saying?
2: Like, I, I tend to make the drinks. So, and Sam likes green tea and hot chocolates, uh, etc. So I tend to. I tend to make the drinks, but she, she doesn't go near the coffee machine because she has no interest in it. But even now, our, um, our middle son, he was keen on coffee from when he was about two years old. So um, he's he's nine now and I, I enjoy coffee with him. The two of us will sit there and uh, have a coffee. And Sam's pretty disgusted by it. But,
1: <laughs> uh, but You are uh know tim noakes and i am a keen follower of his uh low carb um what's the word i don't want to say lifestyle but i guess it is uh, you said you said now that uh, sam likes hot chocolate do you do you tell this to tim sam <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, I like all the wrong things. Jim, if I'm honest, I love ice cream and all the things that Tim Noakes would be like, no, no, no. So, um, no, I, I, I don't tell Tim those things.
1: <laughs> what are your views, Mark, on carbo loading anyway? I mean, you you have a keen interest in sports.
2: Yeah. So, in the early early 2000s, I was a full-time Jew athlete and some of my training days were up to eight hours long, particularly on the bike up to 200 sort of kilometer days on the bike and then getting off the bike and doing a run after that sometimes. So yeah, there was a lot of, um, I had a lot of time, uh, investigating various foods and, and did tend to have an incredibly high carbohydrate diet, especially initially. But then I worked out that what, what tended to happen on those huge training days was that I was waking up at like 3 AM needing to eat and it got really disruptive. And sometimes I'd be in the kitchen at two or three o'clock in the morning, cooking up, you know, huge meals. (laughs) So actually it was funny because yeah, Tim's work's really interesting because I actually worked out myself that I needed to add a lot more fat. And once I started doing that, I didn't wake up in the night needing food anymore. Mm. In particular, I found, um, dairy and meat was really good. Like a lot of cheese, uh, yogurt, uh, I- any types of meat, whether hot or cold. And, uh, yeah, so, but you know, we have been, um, talking with Tim lately about some of his latest findings and yeah, totally fascinating to me because once in a while I would hit the wall, uh, you, you know what that means? Like in the middle of exercise that you suddenly, your performance drops to about 50% or less and previously it was thought that that was your glycogen running out but some of tim's work in this area is fascinating and showing that it's probably not actually related there's a central mechanism where your body just says no no more and and it's probably the wisdom of the way our bodies are designed so we don't uh, damage uh the peripheral body but yeah i mean i think from what sam said earlier she's certainly a sweet tooth but our diet in general is um I think Tim would be pretty happy with it. Most of the meals we eat, um, we do eat a lot of meat, a lot of dairy. We have raw milk, uh, which we have every day. So yeah, yeah, no, we certainly, but it's one of those things. We find that, um, people get really upset about what other people eat <laughs> yeah
0: you know, I don't know about you Jim but like it's my my audience gets really kind of it's this division between the plant-based food and the carnivores and I'm sort of I don't really want to get in, in the middle of it I'm just like this is what I do I don't mind what other people do
1: well uh, do you even have meat in New Zealand what do you have you got sheep and a few birds what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: we've got, we've got so many cows, so many sheep. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, it's really crazy. Like, most countries couldn't imagine the amount of cows and sheep that we have here. Where, I mean, I think our sheep are way down on peak, you know, the end of last century, I think they were at peak. But I, I would take a stab that we might have 30 million sheep, which uh, is six. Um, times the human population and I think cows wise there might be 10 million so double the the human population.
1: There's a great segue here I mean you guys are primarily based around health and well-being and for me diet is where a lot of it starts.
0: Definitely and I think it's it's not only nutrition it's I think it's we're actually just about to release a book which is um, not, well, it was written by a, a New Zealand doctor. And he talks about the three kind of factors. And I think it's it's diet is one. It's the right thinking, but it's also spiritual connection. And I think those things you can't have, you have to have all three, I think, to be really in a good space of health.
2: But he, he definitely starts with the diet and says that that's what needs to be cleaned up, essentially, and where people go wrong with their diet if we're talking about the western world developed countries people generally have too many calories and they're not familiar enough with fasting which they should do fairly regularly and there's different ways to do that i mean i don't have to have days where i don't eat because i do a lot of exercise so on some days when i get up and don't have anything to eat but then exercise for two hours that's like a type of fasting really um, but for, for other people, they need to get up and maybe not eat for, for a much longer period of time. So that, that's the first point is that most people eat too much and they're so worried about fasting. Uh, otherwise people are just eating nutrient deficient foods. So in, any food that comes in a packet and lasts for months and months and months <laughs> is generally, we call, that, good. Yeah, we call that dead food and it will kill you eventually if you just solely eat that. So you want to eat uh, more fresh living foods, whether it's uh, fruit that comes from the tree within a few days at most or the things like, uh, you know, fermented foods, um, yogurts, Uh, We love living drinks are really good. So instead of buying stuff uh, in a bottle that's been, um, you know, sterilised and uh, is essentially dead, uh, drinks like kombucha, uh, yeah, drinks that you can make at home, as you know, like I make my own beer, which is a a living drink because the yeast is still alive uh, when when the um, when you bottle it and when you drink it so that's another factor so making sure the food is is fresh and and alive rather than dead and of course the other major problem is when food gets contaminated with uh obviously things like glyphosate uh, and that's far more common than people think so most foods that you buy at a supermarket or at the main stores a lot of that potatoes pumpkins or just about everything a lot of those um vegetables onions
0: anything yeah. with long stalks yeah
2: but they've been sprayed with um amounts of glyphosate that most people would find pretty disturbing because although in recent years a lot of people have stopped using those sprays on their own properties and around their own gardens the amount of commercial use is still through the roof and it's it's far more than most people think so so that's some of the Uh, things to be aware of with with diet and yeah knowing where your food comes from is really important and we've got to know local suppliers which is really cool so we know the cows where the milk comes from we know where the fruit comes from etc and we're actually in the process of uh, trying to buy a pretty sizable little farm hopefully um we'll have a, a setup where we'll we'll be pretty self-sufficient in terms of vegetables fruits
1: um meat and possibly dairy as well so
0: the meat that we don't have in new zealand according to germ
1: <laughs> yes i was gonna say now you make your own beer but i mean come on Mark. germs are bad they are evil and they are our enemy
2: well you know i've told you before that the the only mistake that you've made in your life, from what I can see, you've been you've lived a great life. But you've given your <laughs> podcast and you show the wrong name. <laughs> because yeah, it's it's not a war. And um they they want you to think it's a war.
0: Mm. And
2: the Germ theorists since the time of Pasteur and Koch have, have obviously wanted that, to think we are at war with them. But it's actually amazing, German, I know you, you appreciate this too, but the, the harmony with um in which we live with microbes it's just it's something special and you know we've talked before about the fact that you know if you got rid of all the microbes in your body you'd be dead within days um a week tops it's just impossible for us to live we we as human beings uh need those microbes in any one time we actually need more than a kilogram of them on and in us and life's not possible without it so you no know, the germs they all have a a beautiful function and uh yeah so maybe i don't know we, we could come up with some we could brainstorm come up
1: with a new name for your show <laughs> what i'm interested in is a day in the life of the baileys
0: a day in the life of the baileys man <laughs> that's quite a hard one Well. <laughs> Do you reckon mate
2: <laughs> uh, see this is funny jim i thought sam would just spill the beans here and just but, but, well i tell you what um it's we we're very much family based and we have our three boys uh age the oldest is 11 youngest is 14 months and we spend a lot of time with them every day like hours like way more than the typical parent spends with their kids uh, the kids do a lot with us um helping around the house um we sit down to dinner every night basically um there's never a, i don't think we we've actually never have an evening when the whole family is not sitting at the table and i know that's unusual in this day and age but that's what we do
0: i i do all the cooking because i'm a control freak in the kitchen i love that but... sam,
2: sam is an amazing cook uh, like yeah. uh, incredible I like yeah in terms of if sam's making a uh, lasagna she makes the pasta from scratch like everything is, is made from really Spain. yes oh
1: that's fantastic
0: yeah
2: yeah and yeah. the problem for our boys <laughs> is that they think this is normal they, <laughs> when when they sit down to a meal and there's a handmade lasagna and sam makes bread like every second day so there's homemade loaves of bread and bread rolls and fresh butter on the table and i think our kids just think this is normal this is this is what all mums are doing around the world um so that's yeah dinner's really special and all the food like even in in the middle of the day uh like if it was just me i'd just make a toasty or something in the middle of the day but sam will get the cookbook out and say oh there's this amazing pasta dish that i've been wanting to do for a while with um you know blue cheese and broccoli and some bits of bacon and stuff and you know she'll say it'll be ready in an hour (laughs) So, yeah, there's, there's a heap of time spent on cooking, which is really cool. But... but
0: I think that's the center of the family and that's keeping you together and having that time to talk and just connect with the family. And, yeah, we spend and we do reading with the boys. Like a lot of the things I think we're very focused on trying to keep them aware of what's going on as well. Like we're quite probably quite honest about what's happening. They understand about COVID about things like the wef and you know we, not to scare them but just to make them aware of what's going on and even our, our middle son he will come home and go mum they were telling us propaganda at school <laughs> <I'm> Like, okay
2: <laughs> i think um yeah what else um yeah it's really with the work we do Jim. it's really variable day to day like Yeah, the last week we've been getting ready for publication of a book, so that's been keeping us really busy, but in terms of each week doing like Sam's video, I I spend a lot of time doing the research first, and it's quite funny because I I come up with a whole lot of ideas um, that we are going to present to the public, and then I present it to Sam, and most of the time it gets the green light, but sometimes she's just like, no, no, no. (laughs) way too technical way too technical uh too much detail people are going to just fall asleep we need a a punchy 12 to 15 minute video that people can just sit down and really get get the guts of so because most of the time we spend like all day together virtually every day and we've been doing that since we first met even in 2007 when we first met we were both doctors in the hospital and we started just doing our own ward rounds together basically (laughs) and
0: (laughs) The, the, We're like to hell with everybody else. Yeah. We just do what we want.
2: <laughs> and we turn up on a ward and the, the nurses would say, Are you you guys always seem to be put on the same team and we just go, Yep. <laughs> Se- seem to be.
0: Um one so, of those annoying couples probably. But yeah. So
2: we do spend a, a lot of time together and it's really important with the work we do, um, because yeah, I'm behind the scenes a lot of the time, uh, doing heaps of the the research and If there's a hundred-page paper that has to be read, that's my job uh, to to get to the bottom of it. And then Sam comes up with the stuff that needs to go out to the public. The the more kind of Sam's got this amazing ability, and I think a lot of people say this to communicate to the public. And a lot of it's really, you know, we take virology papers and other medical papers, which are so boring, most people would fall asleep reading them or, or can't be bothered reading them and um yeah what we do is try and get the get the really important information and sam makes it fun and produces a video for, for everyone to see but uh, as you know recently i did the uh twenty nine thousand word essay and that, that was my <laughs> chance to, <laughs> to, to publish some of the yes. stuff that i've been working on in the background so yeah no just coming back to what we do each day uh yeah i think uh
0: yeah, and it's kind of like the life of a content creator like you, Jim. it's like a lot of the time probably more screen time than I'd like. But at the same time, it's uh, just getting that's how we make our living now since we're not, you know, medical doctors. And, I mean, I kind of – I really enjoy that, but part of the creativity and things. But I think, yeah, very much family-focused is is our general
2: – Yeah, uh, something – I don't know if you know this, Jim. I don't know if Sam said it before – but we, we have an award winning garden. What happened was that, um, Sam, uh, had this vision to just, and this is like a specimen garden, not like a crop crop garden or vegetable garden or anything. And Sam had this vision to, to plant like all these specimen trees. And it, we're on quite a difficult, uh, section. It's quite steep. And I, I had the honor of putting, digging in about 500 plants <laughs> on a hill which it took years to get them all in in the right places
0: and then i'd make him move them And then (laughs) because i I like to do that germ i say put it there and then like two years later i say can you move this now and he'll be like
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'd say well hang on the the roots are actually pretty well developed it will take me an hour to dig that plant out but it looks
0: amazing now it looks awesome yeah
2: so what happened uh a few years ago was we we'd finished kind of creating our garden. And then we got notified by the local authorities that we'd won an award that somebody had walked past our house. Oh,
1: does so it's a
2: literal award?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: We've won it a few times, these awards. And we got sent the form and it said (laughs) we had to tick your age and the boxes were over 85, 80 to 85, 75 to 80 or
0: under 65
2: (laughs) and then yeah the last category was under 65 and we were like oh i guess that's us and uh when we went to the um award ceremony people were like going to us oh you're here with your parents are you that's really good that you're supporting them and (laughs) so yeah that's our little secret we we're gardeners
0: it's i'm obsessed with japanese maples like japanese style themed garden so it's quite yeah it's cool and this time of year when it's getting into spring and summer it's beautiful
1: both of you were medical doctors and you said you're no longer are you now officially both no longer medical doctors
0: well you can go first yeah
2: Uh, well the great thing is germ is that we can keep our titles because they can't take that away from us and in terms of i actually quit medicine in 2016. So for me, the writing was on the wall. I I didn't like the allopathic system and I thought it was getting worse and worse. And in some ways it felt like a black cloud was coming. And I think I was right in, in that um, in that feeling. So I'd had enough of it back then. And I was encouraging Sam to get out of medicine back in 2016, but she had a, a research job that she loved and a lot of patients who adored her and decided to to stay in for a bit longer uh so but to cut to the chase here the current status is the the medical council came after me unexpectedly earlier this year because of the interviews i was doing and i'd been out of it for six years but what i didn't realize was that once you practice in countries like ours you stay on the public register uh, even if you're not practicing anymore And they said, because I was on the public register, I had certain uh, responsibilities. And one of the responsibilities was to uh, commit democide against our population by (laughs) poisoning them with a vaccine. Mm. Yeah, so basically they said, because I wasn't supporting their uh, psychopathic campaign, that they were going to uh, look at investigating me. So then I just issued them with an equity notice which is like a liability notice um, and the principles of equity uh, that basically the highest form of law that we have. And within 24 hours of them receiving my notice, they dropped everything and haven't tried anything against me. I'm off the public register. Uh, So, and
0: yeah, for me, it wasn't quite the same because, you know, they've been coming after me since, I don't know, early, mid, no, September like 2020 so I'm still on their kind of most wanted list (laughs) but um, I tried the same thing that Mike did the equity law and I'm still on the register but they have actually stopped kind of the communication with me so I mean I've stopped I just ignore them now and i just kind of laugh at them and now i, I enjoy just making videos mocking them that's my favorite thing to do in the world
2: <laughs> and, and the funny thing is jim we know they often watch these videos they
0: so. watch all of them yeah, yeah. that's what's crazy they'll be watching this interview like, so they wa- and they do transcripts of them all as well
2: <laughs> so it's good to call them out and say that the 12 people sitting on the medical council of new zealand are criminals yeah. basically and increasingly, people are investigating uh, just how mixed up in this international, uh, with the federal state medical boards, yeah, etc.
0: Did you know this, that there's this board based in Texas that basically controls all of the medical schools, like all the medical councils uh, yeah, around the world, like New Zealand's linked. The CEO of the medical New Zealand Medical Council is in charge of this organisation. It's a privately run well, group. Well,
2: she's about to take a position. Oh, there. yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. And, and and yeah, it's just, it's mad. So if you are kind of blacklisted, as it were, in one country, like in New Zealand, we'll be on this, this international thing. So I can't work, even if I wanted to, I couldn't work anywhere.
2: Yeah, because we, we noticed this when some of the doctors wow. in New Zealand were being suspended. So we had quite a lot of doctors here, formed a group, uh, NZD SOS. And many of the doctors got suspended for not going along with the COVID nonsense. And some of them who were suspended noticed that the, interna- the, F- the Federal State Medical Board, et cetera, was being notified of their suspension, meaning that they are coordinating this around and communicating to each other around the world. So, you know, if a doctor gets blacklisted in one area, it basically carries over into all other areas, uh, around the world. So it's pretty hard for them even to, to relocate. So, so yeah, but you know, Jim, we just, um, we honestly laugh at them now. They're just, uh, hilarious, like how they just bumble along. And, um, unfortunately for doctors in the system, they, they have to go along with this. And
0: mm.
2: any doctor who's basically still got a license and still working, is essentially just completely under the thumb
0: well they're selling their soul really what they've done it's 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 not good because you can't all you can do is promote that whatever they say the medical council the ministry of health in every country it's the same you have to promote it or you can't work Mm. and and then you're discredited you're a quack whatever they want to call Mm. you but i think so many people now don't trust they don't even trust their own doctor and it's amazing to see that real shift which is i don't think it's just me that's noticed it it's just yeah yeah.
2: but i mean to be honest jim we we don't want to be part of that system Mm. we have nothing to do with it and most of the allopathic methods that we learnt surgery um prescriptions
0: cut burn poison
2: chemotherapy (laughs) all this kind of stuff we we wouldn't um, use it or advise it to anyone anyway so these these days, I guess, people would call us uh, naturopaths, so we're, we're happy. We're not formally qualified in that area, but uh, we're far more inclined in that direction compared to our old allopathic training.
1: Uh, you're also just thinking critically about things, and I think that matters.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's really exciting because you go into areas that I would have never – I was not really interested in, if I'd be perfectly honest, I was never interested in virology. <laughs> I never thought that, that would become a specialty of mine. But it's, um, you know, I think you end up getting pushed into these areas um, because you're you're interested and then you uncover a whole lot more things and then it leads into other areas. And I mean, I I'd like my own channel. I, I want it to be more focused on health in general, like helping people to help themselves. Um, I don't want it to be all about viruses because it just, it's boring. Let's be honest, but just um, yeah, I think to help the most amount of people,
1: yeah. Your your channel, Sam, has come a long way. I mean, you've you've gone from videos on penis size to the existence of viruses.
2: <laughs> do you know? Do you know, Jim? That was that video was actually my idea. <laughs> Sam was actually really reluctant to do it, and to be honest, it was when Sam's YouTube channel was absolutely cranking, and back then. <laughs> Uh, It was very different because, yeah, we could make videos quite quickly um, just based on kind of current knowledge that we had from our training, et cetera, and that that video was not a lot of work, and I don't know, it went in the millions, like, for Um, views, and it's funny, but, you know, these days we take so long to make videos. And of course, we can't put them on YouTube and get millions of views anymore. But there's, there's a lot more satisfaction doing what we're doing. And which is just following the true path now. And yeah, we know that Sam could resurrect her YouTube channel just doing more mainstream kind of or I don't that, know <laughs> that kind of content, but it just it's just got no, no interest to us. It's just soulless.
0: But, like you said, I think actually what's happened, maybe not excluding the penis size one, but it's, I feel like that has been a journey for me. And it's kind of the documentation in a way of what I've learned and what I've believed at different times. And it, I mean, it constantly changes. And I, I, I don't, I'd never try and say that I know everything. I'm just, I'm learning as I go. And I like to show what I've learned, the scientific kind of discoveries. And I've just become more sophisticated at the, actual filming part well, I didn't know how to do that when I first started um, so that's been that's been really cool it's that time way up because it does it probably takes about 50 hours to make each video like including all the research and everything else and it's um but it's worth it. and I think and I mean like you it's like you provide a lot of all this content for free and people and I, I'm just grateful that people think it's, it's good and they want to share it and if they can learn something or if it reduces their fear of, some, of germs, <laughs> then that's cool too, yeah.
1: I don't like it when people fear germs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or fear germ. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, that's, that's what's so
2: amusing, I think, germ. Um, I remember reading one article that, that was absolutely going after you and I thought, I thought this is really strange. It was as strange as reading, um, you know, these smear articles about Sam and where everyone around Sam's just going, what are they talking about? Like <laughs> Sam in her spare time, she's making lasagna and cookies <laughs> and, you know, doing homework with the kids and taking them down have, to feed the ducks. And
1: have and, you been, you know, refi- uh, no, go on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're making out as though she's, uh, you know, part of some, uh, network or uh, a Russian
0: spy or something and
2: we've had all all sorts of things that she's controlled opposition and all this stuff And, and it's just so funny uh hearing these stories and I mean Sam Sam and I don't waste time going on forums and stuff but often our friends and associates will screenshot things and they go I just had to send you this you know and they'll send some hilarious thing um and you know along the lines of uh that, you know, Sam's been working for Israeli intelligence <laughs> for, for 12 years or something. And I'm like, well, that's pretty impressive while she was having babies and doing all these other things.
1: You have been taken on, though, by some fairly big names, too. Uh, Steve Kirsch I tried to make a mockery of you guys recently.
2: I got to say, Jim, Sam hardly even knows the names of most of these people. She does know Steve Kirsch now, but she's actually remarkable. And I think it came from probably having such a a massive audience on YouTube and the amount of comments that would come through every day. We're in the thousands, you know, and Sam couldn't obviously read them all, but she'd flicked through some of them. And, and, of course, you get used to all the kind of um, slander and nonsense that comes through, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, but ultimately, I don't really care what Steve Kush says or, <laughs> like, honestly, I don't. Like, I just, I think, I, I don't, he can have his opinion on things and say things about me, but ultimately, it's i think it just repre- it just shows him for who he is if this is if this is the kind of blogs he writes or whatever i'm just i'm not interested in it like it doesn't matter to me
2: yeah and i'd have to say for, for the ones because we had the same in new zealand in 2020 the mainstream media were trying to write smear articles against sam and to be honest sam doesn't even read them like it's other people who go oh my goodness we saw this terrible Are you article. Okay? Are you okay? i'm like what and Sam's like <laughs> she wouldn't she wouldn't really? spend five seconds looking at them. I mean, I do sometimes just uh, gather information and see see where things are at. And then if so, we do,
0: like, a rebuttal video, that's always a lot of fun, like, just to take take the mickey a bit.
2: That would be probably the only time Sam would actually read an article. If someone's done an article and we decide, okay, we'll make a response, an mm-hmm. article or a video to it, that would be about the only time you read yeah. it. But, yeah, yeah I think um, it's a waste of time getting into these yeah. uh, kind of – Uh, Um, it really I mean we're not going to change what we do we've we've worked really hard at this and we continue to communicate to the public our latest findings and
0: but equally sorry like you we were talking about earlier I think we're not trying to convince people of anything we're not trying to change people's opinions I think Steve Kirsch I'm, I'm making an assumption but he seems to be someone that does want to try and convince people of certain things and and I think okay that's you're going to lose in that way because you just can't convince everybody. And I don't I have no wish to do that. I just think here's we all we try and do is provide scientific evidence. This is what we've found. Go and look at it yourself. Don't be lazy, like go and check out the the sources and then make your own mind up. Like it's not for me to tell you what to think, just as you know, I I think you're someone that thinks independently and you have so many different guests on your show. Who, who all of you know have different expertise and interests and it's that's what makes it really interesting it's going okay let's just hear this person and 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 this is just our opinion
2: i think too we just try and set an example where as a family we don't believe in contagion and germs and we we have such a healthy family yeah like you know our okay. kids uh our kids don't go to doctors um and we're not doctors officially, but they're not in the medical system.
0: We de I, I deregistered them from my GP. That was like a big deal, like because I'd been so trained that you always, you know, you must have a GP, and it was like this. It was this real cathartic thing of going, no, I'm not having a GP anymore, and um, yeah. Like,
2: and not only that, but I mean, nobody in our household takes vaccines. Nobody takes any pharmaceutical products. Not not even skin or eye drops or anything. Sprays, nothing. Um, hundred percent free of all that kind of stuff so we try and set an example and say we've got skin in the game here because we're not taking advice Mm -hmm. from public health authorities we pretty much do the opposite like (laughs) yeah they they tell us they say don't drink raw milk and so we do
0: so and then i drink it when i'm pregnant (laughs) just to up the ante
2: Sam was uh, drinking raw milk during pregnancies. It was um, great. <laughs> Unpasteurized un- cheeses, cured meats, and all that kind of stuff. I remember once I was, we um, a chef helped us uh, butcher a pig, uh, or half a pig. Wow. And we cured all the meats. And made
0: uh, prosciutto yeah, and everything, yeah. You
2: know, all this kind of stuff. And then I needed, uh, we didn't have an electric knife to do the really fine slicing, and I took it down to a local butcher and uh the butcher said to me isn't isn't your wife pregnant and i said yep yep (laughs) and the butcher's going well well, she can't have this you know this don't you and i said (laughs) yep yep." (laughs) and then for the next six months you know sam's eating the prosciutto and lonza and all of the other meats so um that we'd made ourselves at home so yeah it's and obviously you know when the the health authorities say this is what you should do put a face yes. mask on we're like no definitely not they say take these vaccines no definitely don't do that uh all of the things that they advise they say register with your local health center and have checkups and that do the or, opposite no, we don't do that yeah so we in that sense we have skin in the game and uh i guess we're different than a lot of the people in the health freedom movement and that we are completely out of the system 100 yeah. percent
1: How did you, how did you arrive at this point? I mean, was there, was there a trigger? Was there a a moment where you woke up one morning and thought something is wrong or was it gradual?
2: Yeah, I think we had um, different stages. Uh, I had the speed wobbles in the 1990s uh, at medical school. And just before I graduated, I actually thought I might not even complete my training and at that stage I had read alternative material uh, about vaccines and germ theory and stuff, uh, but I was six years into it and there was a lot of sunk costs at that point and I elected to continue with it. So that was the first time questioning the system. Uh, then when Sam and I first met in 2007, she had only been working. She was just a- a, ju- a baby doctor. Baby doctor. And I started really putting ideas in her head and I'd just tell her things. He was a
0: very bad influence.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'd say, you see this this hospital that we're working in with hundreds of beds? I said, I don't think there's any evidence that this is doing anything good for the community. And Sam would say, what do you mean? And I'd say, well, did they actually, do they actually scientifically do a, a study where we take the population and give them different types of treatment or half the city gets this hospital and half doesn't. And we see what happens because I think a lot would do better without it doing, doing other things. And so we used to have a lot of conversations about that. And certainly, I mean, I think a lot of the things that we saw being done, we would not agree to have them being done to ourselves or our families.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, Sam used to watch me, uh put obstructions in the way of other clinicians trying to do things to patients which i wouldn't think were safe so mm-hmm. I'd, I'd do various things whether they knew it or not to try and protect the patients including sometimes just getting them out of the hospital <laughs> before anyone knew i would just say you don't want to come in here because one thing will lead to another and you'll, you'll end up being far worse off it's better just to walk away now and so yeah there was there were things like that and then obviously 2016 i got out completely i was completely dissatisfied and at that stage um you were just doing a little bit um
0: yeah i mean for me it was probably slightly different i yeah i think it's more of a gradual thing to be honest like i probably in 2016 2017 i I started my own business um like an online medical service and and because I was really, I could see that there were major problems with the medical system, but at that time I didn't kind of, I couldn't see it from this higher level, as it were. I just saw it, I could see that people needed help, but I, and so my model was wrong. <laughs> but in some ways that allowed me to, to then I got into the TV presenting, um, the YouTube, and for me I, I can think of this definite major turning points for me, and one a crossroad I had was when, I had the first phone call from the lawyer of the TV show, and she said to me, you know, you need to take this video down and about controlling my speech, and then realizing that in New Zealand, we don't have free speech. And it was a real a real shift for me. And then um, another kind of change in my viewing health was it sort of happened kind of in a similar time. Uh, one of my followers, actually, she sent me four books and one of these books was this this guy i i really believe in that we're remaking this book of dr Ulrich williams and it had it did have a profound effect on me like virus mania and realizing kind of how this has been going on for a long time these problems with the health system and there are other ways of looking at it because i think that's the other thing germ is like i didn't realize there was this thing called terrain theory you know, until you're kind of shown this, you're you're never even thinking that this thing exists. And that for me was, a so yeah, kind of 2020, 2021, like these last few years, I felt like this has been a huge steep learning curve in terms of health and realizing how to be healthy. Um, All the things I knew were kind of, were wrong about what caused disease. Uh,
2: And I think to another, I mean, COVID-19 really was was a big one for us too, because in late 2019, I'd been out of the medical system completely. I had nothing to do with it. Just didn't look at any of the journals anymore. Didn't keep up with any of it. But the whole COVID situation, because we knew something was wrong, we just smelled a rat right at the start. So we started uh, reading everything we could. And pretty quickly, late 2019, early 2020, we started looking into virology. And that's when we discovered the perth group and we discovered at that stage before sam was a co-author we discovered the ori- original version of virus mania that uh, torsten and Klaus had written yeah and that was the switch point for us it was early 2020 and we sat down and said look this this whole thing of virology looks like complete fraud and it's time to start uh, investigating it and we could see that others had tried doing this before like the Perth Group, um, Stefan Lanker and others had been working at this for some time. But it seemed to be a lot of their conversations were just limited to, to small groups. It wasn't really spilling out into the public. And we thought we've we've got to start getting this out to a bigger audience and maybe simplifying a lot of it because uh, you know, you can write very technical papers, but nobody will read them, and it just doesn't get to a big enough audience. So, mm. yeah, we're really grateful to all of those giants: the Perth Group, Stefan Lanka, David Crow, um, Jim West, um, a whole lot of other people who have been working on this stuff for decades and had all the information there,
0: and, and we could and, stand on their shoulders and yeah, just. And just- and kind of, you know, bring it to even more people.
1: Well, you don't really have a choice. I mean, you're hobbits, so you need to stand on the shoulders <laughs> of somebody to get some height.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, Jim, when you when you come to New Zealand, you, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> There's only, there's, there is a Hobbit village, but the rest of the country doesn't really look much like that.
1: So. We don't have much going for us here on the African continent, so we have to laugh at other people if we can.
2: <laughs> well, Jim, you know that uh, many ma- many of our families actually been to Africa, and, but Sam and I haven't. We have not been there yet. and
0: uh, We will come.
2: We will get there
1: <laughs> eventually. I know. Yes. And I'll take you, I'll take you hunting if you come at the right time.
2: Yeah, actually we have been, then you can see, been, then
1: you can see what a big animal looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, we've only just touched like
0: an orc.
2: Yeah, we've, we have touched on the, the, the Northern part of the continent, but we've only been, uh, in, in Egypt, we got down as far as Dahab. That's, that's as far South as we've ever gone. And, uh, yeah, we've been to, we've been to a lot of countries around the world, uh, and I've been to about 26 out of the 50 states, so been to over half of them, but uh, and, and to most of the continents. But we we still haven't really got to Africa. But
1: uh, well, if you've been to Perth, then you have almost been to South Africa.
0: That's right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And,
1: <laughs> and we
2: have been to Perth. We we do have good friends in Perth, and we we love Perth. And uh, Sam even worked there uh, for for about three months.
1: Which is your favorite movie, uh, the, the Hobbit or Lord <laughs> of the Rings? Uh,
2: it's kind of a tricky one because...
0: I quite like The Hobbit, yeah. I think.
2: I mean, they had their, I, like,
0: I like the dragon in the...
2: Yeah, probably the, the Hobbit, the trilogy is better, but I think they had the advantage that they'd already made The Lord of the Rings, so they, mm. had, they had the benefit of making that, that one first and getting all the practice together. So, uh, and I'm so it, glad it, it would it would have depend which way around they made it. I think if that had yes. made the Hobbit first, then the Lord of the Rings would have ended up being better. And, I'm glad uh, they kept
1: some sort of consistency there between the two. I don't know if you've watched Game of Thrones at all, uh, but there's yes. a new okay. So, so there's this New House of the Dragon that's currently playing, and it's meant to be the prequel right to Game of Thrones. But they've now included black characters, but there are no black characters oh. in Game of Thrones. So, what happened to all of them? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I see what, what are you yeah.
2: saying Jim yeah.
0: <laughs> there's some apartheid but...
2: it's been some sort of uh, word beginning with H that happened and,
1: yeah. <laughs> to a question yeah, that came from, from Norman he wants to know Sam where is your penis video because it's not on Odyssey <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's on YouTube I'm still I'm kind of shamed by it but it's got so many views I'm like oh should I delete it You can watch it. It's like four minutes or something.
2: Yeah. (laughs) It's it's actually a real shame, Jim, because so many of Sam's videos have been taken down off YouTube. And Mm -hmm. there were some really great ones on the PCR and uh, particularly 2020 videos in the early days. um, And a lot of people wanted to see that stuff, but they're all gone. And unfortunately, yeah, you can leave the kind of silly ones like, like that. The YouTube are fine with that still up there. Uh, but and, uh, and I
0: mean I've got a video on the on a okay and it's like, the trouble is 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 it's this stage of awakening that I was in I wasn't fully awake then so I'm like please don't hassle me I know about the problems with statins
2: (laughs) but but at the same time some of those videos still are bringing in new audience so some people Mm. watch those videos and then say oh goodness me I didn't realize that you were speaking out about this whole business of virology etc and in fact one of our most um important people that we um has mentored us basically found Sam through one of those kind of more mainstream videos so yeah it's it's it seems to have a purpose still
1: are there any videos that you made that you wouldn't make now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah like I, I i wish but it was for a different purpose like i, I wouldn't go into all the medical like the medicines the pharmaceuticals um I like metoprolol and those sorts of things like at the time I made them because of my business because I was like prescribing these kinds of medications and this was like a traffic this was driving traffic to my website it wasn't it was for a different purpose so yeah I wouldn't make videos about those because I don't really feel like promoting big pharma (laughs) but um yeah i think it's one of those things where i'm not i it's just it's a it's a growth thing and i don't really want to take them down because i don't know i've changed my opinion but yeah i i don't know it's a hard one what do you reckon
2: yeah i think um i mean they still serve their purpose um in terms of um yeah, as I say, they still bring some people to the the website and to Odyssey and the other platforms where we can speak freely. So I think that that's the main thing. Um, but to us, yeah, YouTube is just, it's such a limited platform and, um, it was, Sam had such a brief time there and and while it was going good, it was great. Like at one point gaining 5,000 subscribers a day, it was absolutely going bananas. And, but then we realized it was not a sustainable uh, platform to be on because they kept striking videos and changing their mm. policies. And-,
0: and, and you kind of learn, you know how to, if I wanted to have this really successful YouTube channel, I know how to do it, but I don't want to make those kind of videos. You know, I don't You end up, it's like selling your soul <laughs> for it. And I don't mm. want to do that. I just, I, I want to make the videos that I'm interested in and the topics I want to talk about, not about these kind of clickbait kind of yeah. subjects.
1: I remember when I remember when I saw some of your videos and you had a lapel mic over here somewhere, but it was upside down. <laughs>
0: I know you told me that you're like fix your lapel mic. I'm
1: like
2: what? <laughs> and then I'd I'd come into Sam's studio and oh, back in those days, this is
0: really embarrassing. I don't know what you're gonna say. The
2: lapel mic. There was a a stack of books, you know, a wobbly kind of stack that the camera was sitting on. <laughs> and and I said what is I said what's this all about and Sam said oh no that just gets the camera in the perfect position and I said why don't you get a tripod oh
0: this is embarrassing and Sam's
2: like oh yeah of course so we went down to the local um photoshop and and i bought
0: a tripod yeah
2: and now there's tripods everywhere for all all different the lighting and different cameras and stuff
0: because that's what i was always amazed with is that these people that don't have very big channels like they might have a couple of thousand people or something and they've got this they pay they buy these really expensive cameras and all this equipment and i was like why like don't you just do it with your phone or something i don't know i I was like before you kind of invest all this money in it and i probably went the other extreme i was like not gonna buy a tripod (laughs) I wanted to use books instead.
1: <laughs> I hope they were medical books.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, they were.
1: Well, you know,
2: medical textbooks are actually brilliant. We use them for bookends. Uh, we use them, <laughs> yeah, to, to prop themselves They're
0: great. They're great paperweights. We, yeah. We've
2: got books, you know, you know yay, yay thick on biochemistry and physiology and um, yeah. stuff that you can't help anymore. I think it's amazing, though, that we can do this from home now. And if you watch a TV documentary from the 1980s or 1990s, it looks like poorer quality than the average uh, podcaster these days. So it is incredible. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's almost too much content as you know, it gets totally confusing for people. Now there's so many platforms and so many channels, but it, it is at the same time, uh, phenomenal that we can set up these home studios and, uh, you know, once upon a time, to, to do this sort of thing, we'd have to book a studio and mm. drive into a, a local town or city uh, just, just to do something basic
1: like this. And if, if you think about it, it's amazing also. I mean, here we are chatting.
0: I know. You know. And you're in South Africa, of all places.
1: <laughs> yes. And can you believe it? I actually have electricity right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's, that's good. Uh, No more
0: blackouts, yeah.
1: You can't say blackout, that's racist. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you see things heading in New Zealand at the moment, like with all the stuff that's going on?
2: Yeah, well, obviously, like most places, people don't really know what's happening. So people are completely asleep to the financial system. They're completely asleep as to how much inflation is coming. So, I mean, people are seeing the early signs of it and, and maybe starting to, to worry a wee bit. Um, uh, New Zealand does have a lot of advantages. We're pretty much self-sufficient in terms of food, um, power and things like that. There's, there's just no issues whatsoever. We can be autarkic, we can, if, if the rest of the world ignored us, we, we'd be fine here. We w- there'd be certain things, like we don't make cars and-
0: Shoes, we'd be shoeless, <laughs> yes. we'd be like hobbits. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we wouldn't have our Nikes anymore and and so forth. But uh, in terms of everything in space and fresh air, all that kind of stuff, water, it's all here. So it it just depends how much people go along with it. And there does seem to be pushback.
0: There's been some interesting developments recently. Like we've had the local body elections, which are like the local government kind of elections. And there's been this real because there's this group, this freedom group in New Zealand called Voices for Freedom, and they basically encourage people to go out and, you know, get into office, as it were, in the local government level, and lots of them got in. Mm. And so it's really thrown the spanner in the works, and, and like, COVID's pretty much all shut down. We, were, we have been going on with this still for ages, but apparently today or something, there was, there's was there been announcements that they're not wearing the big, like, COVID vaccine pushes are saying you don't have to have boosters anymore. It's like there's interesting um, kind of dynamics changing. The three waters are, you, you probably know more about it than I do.
2: Yeah, well, they're like everywhere, they're trying to take over control of the water supply, and uh, but that's not getting much uh, support here either. People can see straight through it. So, um, yeah, so I think, um, I mean, at the moment, things are not too bad. I'd have to say, and but I, I think the the amount of inflation coming is probably worse than most people think uh, because it hasn't really fully hit here like it has in other countries. We're often about six months behind. It was the same with uh, the vaccine rollout and stuff here, the COVID jabs. We were about six months behind every everyone else. So,
0: and yeah. we're defi- and we're having excess mortality now. You know, yeah, which directly correlates with the so um yeah there's definitely effects of from the vaccines
2: but i I think jim to to be honest we don't spend that much time uh thinking about we we decided a long time ago in 2021 we did look around the world and think what what countries would be good places to settle our family into but some time ago we decided that everyone in the world's got a this is a global thing going on And you can't just hope to move to one country and live in paradise so like a lot of people around the world we've decided we'll stay where we are and make the most of it and yeah we're we're actually pretty optimistic Uh, we know that we can take care of our um, family and those close to us so yeah we're just uh, as we say we're making plans to get our own block so we can be more self-sufficient look to get solar power and generators maybe some batteries and stuff getting off the grid a bit more uh, the place we're looking at has got its own water source so we wouldn't be dependent on anyone else mm. so yeah no we're we're optimistic and you have to be when you've got kids yes because they, they look to you and we we're very optimistic for them so we're telling them that there, there'll be plenty of good things happening I, I think our our cats cats that
0: just joined us. Oh, that's just Oh yeah, your
1: cat.
2: Yeah.
0: He just pushed the door open and I, came in.
2: I, I don't know how he actually got into the studio. But he's, he he worked out how to um, how to how to open the door. He's
0: a little winket.
2: What's your what's your
1: cat's name? Lynx. Lynx. He's
0: a black watcher cat.
1: Yeah. A black cat. Did he just walk yeah, in front yeah. of you? yeah <laughs> he does it all the time we don't have <laughs> do any bad luck but, um, and uh, we, Tommy we might just do...
2: have to quickly put him out because otherwise he'll start like knocking things over um, <laughs> just put him out you know jim we don't um we don't vote at all we don't pay any attention to politicians in general and uh i guess if we, we we're anarchists basically philosophically so we we pay very little attention to her but yeah it's hard to ignore with what's going on lately and uh yeah i mean clearly she's here to carry out the plans of the globalists and the wf etc and uh a lot of people are actually waking up to that now because when people were saying this three or four years ago saying that she's a plant she's just you know because it was this crazy situation where she came from nowhere and six weeks out from an election, they just put her on the stage. And six weeks later, she was declared the Prime Minister of New Zealand. And, uh, you know, it was all set up. So And she was
0: pregnant. Oh, isn't she lovely? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> well, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, lately she's, um, I mean, it's just, I, I think, yeah, she seems to be pretty stressed out, though. I don't know if she's realised that maybe what she's doing the full gravity of it is that it's going to be her head that's on the block, basically. And I, I don't know that she can even live in New Zealand long term.
0: She's not liked here, like really. She's not. She's she's not popular.
2: Yeah, you don't really meet people that support her. They they have polls which say that you know fifty percent supporter or whatever. But if you talk to anyone that you meet in the street, uh, she's incredibly unpopular. So yeah. yeah. But that's we don't really have we we waste no time thinking about her or or her latest um shenanigans on the world stage
1: i normally ask my crystal ball question to individuals who are on my show now there's a crystal ball sitting between the both of you what do you see
2: oh we see optimism it's all it's all good but I, I think as as we say, I don't, I hate making predictions about the future. It's, you know, I think back to 2019 and the things that we were worried about in 2019 mm. were like nothing compared to what happened a few months later. So yeah, I don't know. How about you?
0: Yeah. I just, I really still see that there's going to be a, more of an awakening happen, happening. I think that that's I don't I think it's it's happening, but it's going to be much bigger is what I kinda of see. And I don't really think there's gonna be anything so major until that process kind of really occurs. So yeah, I'm still very positive and I think it's um what's really cool is just the amount of light that's been exposed on this underworld, this underbelly of what you know what's going on with the globalists and I think that's what they fear the most is us using our voices and talking about it and mm. and shining a light on them so yeah I, I think it's all good and we just have to model as an example for our children for you know other other people. And I think, yeah, not live in a life of fear as well.
1: <laughs> that's,
0: yeah. I think that's such a key. Um, it's just reducing the fear and thinking if there's something that you're fearful of, like unraveling that rather than uh, making it the boogeyman.
1: Where can I follow your work?
0: It's all about me, dot <laughs> 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 DrSamBailey.com. Yeah, you can check out. I've got millions of videos, all for free. And Mark's got a wee page there now. Yeah, yeah.
2: I've got my I own saw. page on Sam's <laughs> website now, James.
1: And about me <laughs> <laughs> It's good that you it's good that you're now showing her where she where she stands with you, Mark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too worried about the virtual world. I, I worry about the real world. <laughs> what what happens here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've got to we've got to close off with uh, with our with our theme music <laughs> okay Sam and Mark Bailey thank you for joining me in the trenches thank you Jim. it's a
0: pleasure <laughs> thank you Jim.
1: my name is Jim. this is Jim Warfare the battle of ideas sorry the, the battle of Middle Earth ideas if you
2: enjoyed this podcast Please visit supportgerm.com.